0: First Corinthians, chapter one. Let's read the first verse together. Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, under the Church of God, which is at Corinth to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called saints with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that you may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom you were called under the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Amen. Say, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is an awesome God. Verse 18, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. You believe that? If you will also look over into verse... Let me get another verse here for you. I'm trying to, for the sake of time, not read all the verses. Verse 24. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Everybody said amen. amen. Father, we just thank you right now for your awesome word today. We ask God you'd have your way in and through us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Clap your hands before you sit down. And give him a shout of praise. For He is worthy to be worshipped today. Hallelujah, God. All the glory, all the honor, all the praise, all the worship, Lord God, is due Your holy name today. Anoint God. Inspire God. Thank You for Your Word in advance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The message today, the divinity of Jesus. The divinity of Jesus. Paul called to be an apostle or called an apostle Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. As you'll remember, we talked about last week, we gave you an overview. We got in a plane and we flew. We flew over 1 Corinthians. We flew over 2 Corinthians. We gave you an overview of both of the books. Now today, we are landing the plane. And we're getting out of the plane and we're observing things in detail. We're observing passages. We're observing scriptures today. Amen. Amen. And that's what we're going to do from, who, from now to who knows when, okay? So we pray that this will bless you this morning. Paul, of course, is right in the church in Corinth. Remember the background? Last week we talked about Corinth was a Greek city of the Roman Empire. It is full of paganism. There's a temple of Aphrodite on the Acropolis, which is about 1,885 feet up, overlooking it's a mountain raised up plateau, overlooking Corinth. Up there on that marble white temple, there's a thousand priestesses. They call priestesses, they were nothing more than prostitutes. And they, so they worship the goddess, so called goddess of love, Aphrodite, which was the goddess Venus of the Romans, which was uh, <clears throat> Ashtarte, the goddess of the Phoenicians. It's all the same. False goddess. It goes back to Semiramis, who was the wife of Nimrod. So they worshipped these false goddesses and also false gods. There was a temple to Apollo there. there, Who was none other than Nimrod. Apollo. Jupiter. Another name for Nimrod. Do you understand? There was also... Asclepius, which was supposed to be the god of healing he had a sanctuary there there was a Bema seat literally located in Corinth this, so there was a lot of stuff in this city there was sin, sexual sin connected with Aphrodite false worship, pagan worship to pagan deities were there the Greeks were prideful they thought that they were highly intellectual people Okay, Now, in Athens, they were a little bit more intellectual than they are in Corinth. But in Corinth, because they're Greeks, for the most part, they feel like that they're just as smart. So they prided themselves in their intellect and they prided themselves in their freedom. They felt like they could do anything they wanted to. Even sin, it would be all right. So they walked around with a slogan, knowledge and liberty. Okay, you with me here? So there's a lot going on in this city. There's Jewish people that are in this city. They've got synagogues in this city to the, for the Jewish people to come and, and, and you know, worship God on the Sabbath day. Hallelujah. Greeks and Jews and Syrians and Latinos and all kinds of people come. Asiatic people come into Corinth. It is the capital city of Greece. 700,000 people. They say in the height of its population existed in Corinth. It was known for the Isthmian Games, which was second only to the Olympic Games. There they competed in in all kinds of athletic sports uh, in honor to false pagan gods at that time. It was located on an isthmus, which connected lower Greece to upper Greece. Very strategic location. Very, very wealthy, commercial enterprise because of its location political power etc so all of this is in Corinth the paganism and everything we've just talked about and this is where the Apostle Paul goes in the second missionary journey in Acts chapter 18 to start a church or to plant the church he knows it's going to be a great challenge but he is also assured of the power of the gospel that he can go into any situation And believe that God raised up a church in the midst of that situation. And that's exactly what God did. He raised up a church in Corinth. Paul, when he first got there, he was full of fear. But the Bible says the Lord appeared to him in the night and says, Paul, don't be afraid. He said, fear not, for I have much people in this city. I've got a lot of people that are going to come in the kingdom of God in this city, Paul. And so for uh, 18 months, the apostle Paul stayed there and preached the gospel. Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue of the Jews, came in. Sosthenes came into the kingdom of God. Many were baptized in the name of Jesus and came into the kingdom of God. The Bible says many believed and a powerful revival broke out. But shortly after the apostle Paul left Corinth to to go to Ephesus, the Bible tells us that he got news from a household of Chloe that there were problems in Corinth. There was trouble in the church. Are you with me today? And so in Ephesus, with all the problems he's got going on there trying to establish a church in Asia, in Ephesus, now he's got word that in the Roman Empire, the Greek city of Corinth, that church has got its problems. So he's really, really got a lot going on. Now, he had just, in Acts chapter 17, before he went to Corinth, he had tried to establish a church in Athens, Greece. There he tried to walk in philosophy. He quoted some of the Greek philosophers as he preached. And he did not get a lot of results in Athens, Greece. So when he goes to Corinth, he says, you know what? I'm going to lay aside all of that Greek talk. And I'm going to rely on the gospel. I'm going to rely on the cross. I'm going to rely on Jesus Christ to see a church come in here. He's he's disheartened by what happened in Athens. But Jesus said, you've got a lot of people in Corinth that are going to come into the kingdom of God. This is exciting to me because that helps me understand that even in a pagan America. Because that's where we are. We are in pagan America. We are surrounded by the worship of false pagan gods. Our country is full of idolatry. It's full of pride. It's full of arrogance. It claims to be intellectual. It claims to be free. And in the midst of that, I still believe that God can raise up a powerful church. The Apostle Paul in this time when he goes over to Corinth, it's about 51 A.D. We know that because archaeology found an inscription that stated that Paul was there in that city in the early 50s. So around 51 to 52 A.D. is when he goes and he plants that church. The Bible also, or not the Bible, but history talks about the man Galileo in Acts chapter 18 that gave his decision concerning the propagation of the gospel. The Jewish people thought it was against the law. It should be against the law for Paul to preach that gospel in Corinth. Because they said it's a new religion. And so they took it before the counts of Galileo. Galileo says it's a lot like the Jewish faith. So we'll let you under the Jewish law which sanctions the Jewish uh, faith being preached. We will let you under that law preach this gospel because it's so similar to the Jewish faith. Galileo there sitting on the judgment seat makes that decision, which probably gave Paul a lot of encouragement. Now I can preach the gospel and it be sanctioned legally by Roman law. You with me here? Because it was so similar to the Jewish faith. Now I'm giving you a lot of facts here for a reason. But Galileo, it is said that it, in this inscription that I'm telling you about in Delphi, it says that he was a ruler there in about 51 to 52 AD. Well, that's when Paul went to Corinth. So we've got some archaeological proof as to the timing that he planted the church in connection with Galileo. Are you here right now? Amen. He wrote the, the letter of 1 Corinthians. It's estimated about 56 AD. So that kind of gives you a time frame as to when we're talking about here. Also, the Scripture tells us that Paul himself, what kind of situation was he in? What kind of pressure was he under? The Scripture tells us many things. In 2 Corinthians, it tells us that he was under the pressure and the anxiety of the churches. Not just the church of Corinth, but being an apostle over so many churches, he had a lot of anxiety concerning those churches. He had a lot of pressure concerning those churches are you with me but especially the church in corinth because of the situation that is in corinth the problems that are there are you here right now so he's got a lot of anxiety he's got a lot of pressure he is discouraged read 2 corinthians it'll tell you that also 1 corinthians will give you this he's discouraged he is despairing even of life the the apostle is restless because he doesn't know how it's going to turn out, the problems in Corinth, if they're going to receive the letter or not, and repent. So he's got all these emotions going on, being restless and discouraged, and despairing even of life. He's got the anxiety. He's got pressure upon him. He's also full of love, and full of concern, and full of compassion, and full of apostolic power. Say praise the Lord. He is a man firm in his conviction. He is a man who is sincere in truth. He is a man who loves God, loves the truth, and loves holiness with all of his heart. You understand? And he's walking under the authority of Jesus Christ. Do you understand that? And I believe that the apostle Paul, like no other apostle who ever lived, understood the authority of Jesus Christ. That's why he preached like he did. That's why he dealt with disorder in the church like he did. That's why he confronted immorality in the church like he did. Because he understood the authority of Jesus Christ. And that he was under that authority. Say amen. He was a great apostle. He was challenged by this church. The the, the church's problems, disorder. The church's problems, disunity. The church's problems clicks. The church's problems, immorality. The church's problem, worldly knowledge. Depending on worldly knowledge. The church's problem, believing they could free, they they were free to sin and live any way they wanted to. Do you understand? The church's problem, challenging the authority of the apostle Paul. Say amen. amen. Give God some praise. That's what he's having to deal with. So he's really under a lot right here. He's going through a lot in this time in his ministry. Are you here right now? Say amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's get into it. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. So we are talking about who? Paul. Who is Paul? He is an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. This is important. Paul stresses his apostleship when he starts writing to this church and dealing with this church. This church is challenging his authority. This church is challenging his apostleship. They are accusing him of being a coward. They are accusing him of not being a true apostle. They are accusing him of not being able to speak. They are accusing him of being fleshly. And all of this. So he starts out and he tells them, he says, Paul called an apostle of Jesus Christ. The literal is Paul called an apostle of Christ Jesus. So he emphasizes and he stresses his apostleship. Now notice this. He comes to them as a father. You with me? 1 Corinthians 4. Let's go there. Let's see how he comes to them. 1 Corinthians 4. The scripture tells us in verse 14. He says, I write not these things to shame you. But as my beloved sons, I warn." So he approaches them, he writes them, he warns them because they are his sons. That doesn't mean that the church in Corinth was full of men only. But when you come in the kingdom of God, he calls you a son. Doesn't matter what your gender is, he still calls you a son. So he approaches them as a father would approach sons. Get it? All right? Then he says in verse fifteen, "For though you have ten thousand instructors in Christ, yet have you not many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel." He said, "You've got a lot of instructors, instructors. You've got a lot of boy teachers, but you don't have very many fathers." He said, I am your father. You are my sons. I have begotten you through the gospel. I recognize that you're sons and I'm your spiritual father. Now, God is the ultimate father. We're talking about a relationship here, though, an apostle to a church. So he comes to them as a father. He looks at them as sons. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. In 1 Corinthians 9, again, He he talks about his apostleship. He says in verse 1 of chapter 9, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you. For the seal of my apostleship are ye in the Lord. He said, I might not be an apostle to everybody, but I'm an apostle to you, Because you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. You are the proof of my apostleship. So he is an apostle to the church of Corinth because he is their father. Give God some praise. And so the apostle Paul, when he comes to the church of Corinth, ridden with trouble, ridden with problems, he comes to them as an apostle, as their father. Now they accused him of a lot of things, and I've gone through some of them. But one thing they accused him of was being an authoritarian. Say, praise the Lord. Lord. Being authoritarian. They looked at Paul as being an authoritarian. An authoritarian is somebody who demands obedience no matter who or what they are. That is an authoritarian. Write that down if you're taking notes. An authoritarian is somebody who demands obedience no matter what or who they are. Do you understand? Paul was not a, an authoritarian. Paul was authorita- authoritative. There's a difference between being an authoritarian and being authoritative. An authoritarian says, I don't, it doesn't matter who I am, what I do, or, or, or what I am, you still have to obey me blindly. All right, But to be authoritative is based on who and what you are. So because Paul is an apostle, he looks at them and he says, You are obligated to obey what I tell you because of who and what I am. See, are oh, you hearing me today? This is really going to help us today. See, we Jesus was not even an authoritarian. Jesus did not come as an authoritarian telling you to obey him blindly no matter who or what he was. Jesus came authoritative, which means because of who he is and because of what he is, then he demands that we obey him. You understand that? So Paul is not an authoritarian, he's authoritative. Because he is an apostle, because of what he is and who he is, he can require of those people, his sons, uh, uh, to listen to him and to obey what he tells them. Because I'm sure they got the spirit that most people have in America today. Who is he to tell us what to do? Who does he think he is to tell us what to do? And so the answer is, he's an apostle. That's where his authority comes. And so when he comes to the church in Corinth, he doesn't talk to them man-to-man. Lord, help me today. He does not talk to them man-to-man. He talks to them as an apostle with the authority of God in his life. You understand? He doesn't even start out with them. When you write a letter, most of the time, you don't start out with you, do you? You start out with the people you're writing to. And then when you get to the end of the letter, then you sign your name. But Paul doesn't start out with them and then go to him. He starts out with his apostleship and then he deals with them. Woo! God, I feel the Holy Ghost. What I'm trying to tell you is Paul is not in uh, this... this uh, protocol or trying to approach them from a a man-to-man position. Do you get the point? He is not trying to to say, oh, you're great. You're wonderful. Now let me talk to you. He doesn't start with them because to him, it's not man-to-man. It's apostle to sons. Glory to God. When you have a general, a general doesn't send a letter and say, Hey, you soldiers, y'all are so wonderful, and because you're so great, come listen to me. No, 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 no. He don't get into that. He just says, I got, he just, he just appears. You know? All right? General so-and-so is going to be talking today. Be there. <laughs> you understand? Don't matter if you like him. It doesn't matter if you don't like him. It doesn't matter if his personality grates on you or you like his personality. Doesn't make any difference if you like that general or not. You show up because he's the general. Because of what he is and because of who he is, you have to listen to that general. He might have a personality like a porcupine, but that doesn't make any difference. Because of what he is and who he is, he can stand up there, not man to man, but as a general, speaking to soldiers. A king. A king, when he summons people to hear what he's going to say, he don't, he don't you know, ask them to come. He says, I'm going to be speaking today. You come. They show up. Hallelujah. Do you get the point? And so Paul approaches them this way. As an apostle, as a man of God. Not man to man, but as somebody that God speaks through. And we are, I'll tell you, America is messed up. Because they go to church and if they like the preacher, they'll hear him. If they don't like the preacher, they won't hear him but it's not man to man and it's not about you know my relationship with you or your relationship with me so to speak it is that God is going to talk it's not a man talking to a man about his life it's God talking through a man about his life and we have got to get a hold of this and so this is the way that Paul approaches it he is an apostle hallelujah He is not an egotist. He's not coming as a man that's full of ego, you know. You might think, well, man, this guy must really think a lot of himself to start talking about his apostleship, you know. But he starts out, I'm apostle. See? But he's not an egotist. He's not doing this because of an ego. He did this because it says he is Paul, an apostle, called called an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Saulton—he's our brother. He said, "I'm an apostle because I've been called to do that. In his sin and in his unbelief, he resisted that. He did not want to be an apostle. He resisted that. He tried to run from that, but God called him into that position. So for Paul, it's not just having a title. It's not just, you know, come on, getting a title or a position to fulfill his ego. We got enough of that going on. Paul said, you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers in Christ. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of teachers that can teach you the Bible. A lot of them are more concerned about their own pride and their own position and getting a title than they are about the church. Give God some praise. Are fulfilling the call of God in their life. Just because you can teach, just because you can preach, doesn't make you a father. Give God some praise. So Paul is not in this so that everybody's going to say, look at that great apostle. Look at that great man of God. He is not in it for that. It's not about self. It's not about ego. It's not about position. It's not about title. It's God's call on his life. He is a spiritual father anointed by God. Not an authoritarian, but authoritative. Give God some praise, would you? He's authoritative because of who and what He is. Do you get it? Give God some praise. Today, as I said, a lot of people that go to church, they go to church because they like the pastor. Uh, They're missing it. Uh, They they need to go to church to hear from God. And I know you love me, and so I'm not having to preach this because... You know, and there's any problems here. I know you love me, and I love you, and I look at you as my sons, okay? Uh, No matter who you are. So I'm not preaching this because we got a problem here today, okay? But I'm trying to show you the importance of understanding the word of the Lord. It's not about, you know, people going to church because they like the pastor, even though I know you love me and like me. (laughs) I know you do. I can feel it. Uh, uh, That's not why you have come here today. And that's why and that's not why I'm here today. And when I talk to you especially from behind the pulpit, I'm not talking to you as man to man. We're not talking about gender here. I'm not talking about on a human level. I am talking to you at, as a a person who wants to be an instrument of God for God to speak through to you so we have got to get rid of this mentality that it's a man talking to me we've got to understand this is God talking to me this is not man to man it's not that he dislikes me or you know or likes me or I dislike him or he likes me that's not what it's about this is God talking through this man to me Somebody say, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, Paul, you 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 know you hurt my feelings yesterday, so I ain't gonna listen to what you gotta say. Uh, Paul (laughs) called to be an apostle. He's authoritative because of what he is and who he is. Give God some praise. He is a father to them. Isn't this wonderful? This is wonderful. A lot of times people talk. They talk. Let's say, just put in our situation, in our local church way, They talk to the pastor, you know. And when they approach the pastor, they're talking to him. They look at him, man to man. You know what I'm saying? If it's a woman, you know, we'll get into the gender thing. If it's a woman, woman to man, man to woman, you know. But that it, you we have to get rid of that. If you want to really be used by God, if you want to understand something, you have to see that that man is not just man to man talking to me. And if he talks to me, sweet. And I'll hear him. He talks to me rough. Forget that. Who does he think he is talking to me like that? See, that's that pride. That ego that's in people's lives. Say amen. And so Paul understood as a father. Now, you go, if you get a hold of this, we're going somewhere today. It's going to change your life. Paul is speaking to them as a father. To sons. Now, I guarantee you, my children don't like what I tell them sometimes. But it's not man to child and child to man. It's daddy to children. Son, I know you don't like it. I can tell by your response and your action. but that's the way it is. See? Why? Because I'm your daddy. That's who I am. That's what I am. I'm your daddy, son. I'm your daddy. Daughter. You understand? And so that pretty much settles it when we go there. do You understand? Because they'll, they'll play you, man. They'll, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you're your parents out there, aren't you? You have authority. You're not authoritarians. But you are authoritative. You have to be. If you are not authoritative in your house, you've got Chaos. You've got total, absolute confusion and chaos if there is no authority in the house. And I have to make this decision because I don't want chaos here. I don't want confusion here. I'm not on the same level as you are. I'm your mother. I'm your daddy. You're not going to talk to me like that. Some of you have released that. You've given authority to your children. And they don't respect you. They say, well, you're mean. No, I'm daddy. <laughs> you're hard. No, I'm daddy. You don't understand. No, I'm daddy. And some of you got to get a hold of this message because, you know, I'm preaching to a church this morning, but you got to get a hold of this message for your house you cannot be their best friend. They are friends, but you can't do it like that. This is daddy. This is mama. You're the kids. This is daddy. Mama said, "This is daddy. You're not going to talk to daddy like that." Daddy looks at kids and said, now, 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 children, you're not going to talk to your mother like that. Well, you agree, disagree, like or don't like what she's saying here. She is your mother. She is your father. And so today, that's the way we have to approach it—the way Paul did. He understood his authority. He understood the reason why he had authority is first because he was under authority. He was under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, all authority is given to me. All power, all authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. So Paul understood that Jesus was given all authority. Jesus was going to commission his disciples and send them into the world. What, and so how does he, work? he said: all authority is given to me. He's fixing to send them out. So you would think that he would say, all authority is given to you because they need the authority they need the power because they're fixing to preach but he doesn't say all power all authority is given to you he says all power all authority is given to me the authority and the power you walk in has to come underneath my authority do you understand as badly as they needed that authority to be given to them Jesus said it's given to me You walk in authority as you come under authority. Give God praise. You remember when the Roman centurion came to Jesus? He said, I'm a man not of authority. He said, I'm a man under authority. See, I understand a long line of delegation. I have a delegated authority. There are a lot of men that stand above me in rank and authority. So I am a man under authority, not a man of authority. That's what the centurion said. Paul understood that he was a man under authority. And because he was a man under authority, he himself then had authority because he was under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ when he came to preach to Corinth or write this letter to Corinth he says I'm an apostle I'm a, I'm a father an apostle in the New Testament is a man who has been given authority this man has been given full authority to go out and preach the gospel with power and authority because he's underneath the headship of Jesus and because he's underneath the headship of Jesus, underneath the headship of Father as a son, now he can go forth and preach the gospel with power and authority. So he wants, to un- wants them to understand where he's coming from. Give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say praise the Lord. So when you get that revelation that Paul had, he understood it was delegated authority. He understood, you know, that it it didn't start and end with him. He understood that it came down from God. He had to be right related to the Lord Jesus Christ if he was going to have authority in his life. Give God praise. God ultimately then is Father. God ultimately is the one who has all authority. Jesus has all authority, but under Him there is delegated authority, and that's the way that Paul approaches it. Give the Lord some praise. Woo! Hallelujah! He wasn't in a public relations ploy. He didn't come to them. With a public relations ploy. I like you. You like me. Man to man. Let's talk this over man to man. He didn't come to them with a public relations ploy. Generals don't approach their soldiers with a public relations ploy. Kings don't don't approach their kingdom with a public relations ploy. It's authority. It's a father. It's an apostle. It's God talking to them. Give the Lord some praise. See, listen, and that's why if you're apostle, if you're pastor, I'm not an apostle to anybody else but to you. If if you come to the gospel under this ministry, then I am an apostle to you. I don't say that for my ego's sake. I say that according to the word of the Lord. I am an apostle to you. So if I stand up here, not as an authoritarian. Come on. But authoritative and say, you need to be here at this time. You need to do this at that time. You better be there. Come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Right. You better be there. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. Yeah. Well, that's just, that's just pastor talking. That's just a man. But you need to understand that sometimes it's God talking. Yeah. Yeah. And if it's a man talking, you know, I say, all right, that's me. Paul did that in this very epistle. He said, I think I have the Holy Ghost. He said, I'll give my judgment on this. Not the Lord, but I will give my judgment on this. And he said, but I think I got the Holy Ghost. Give God some praise. Man, I feel good. I feel good. I feel good all over. Hallelujah. I feel good all over. You go to work on your job. If there's no boss there, you've got chaos and confusion. There's got to be somebody there. Whether you like them or you don't like them, male or female makes no difference. If they are delegated and placed in a position of the Lord, you have to what? You have to obey them. Whether you like it or not. Either that or go somewhere else. Say amen. Say amen. You know, the wife might look at the wife, the husband and say, I don't like you. So I'm not gonna listen to you. Well, what you gotta do then, little lady, is you've gotta look at him and not just a man. You've got to look at him as somebody who has delegated authority underneath God. Give God some praise. Say amen. And that man's supposed to enforce underneath. Now you do you, you watch how you talk to your mama. Come on, somebody. Give God some praise. See, this, this American culture is so out of order. It's so disordered. It's so dysfunctional. It's so confused. It's so chaotic. Because there is no authority that is recognized anymore. Now, this is the way that Paul approaches this, this church of Corinth. He approaches them as a father. He approaches them as their apostle. He looks at them as sons. He loves them. He cares about them. He's concerned about them. But he's a man of fire and truth and integrity and character. He is an apostle. He was a he was embraced he embraced and was embraced by the Lord. Say the Lord. Jesus walked up to Matthew. He said, "Come and follow me." Matthew pushed his table forward, dropped his pen, and he followed Jesus. And each one of the disciples, whether it be James and John whatever, fishing with their nets. Jesus said, come and follow me. They dropped their nets. But the Apostle Paul did not just come and follow Jesus. The Apostle Paul was struck down. He was struck down by the power and the authority of the Lord. Come on. So he understood that authority and that power that was in his Lord. I believe more than anybody else. He didn't just calmly follow the Lord. He was struck down by the power and authority of the Lord. And this is the apostle that's speaking to Corinth. A man who has been struck down by the power and the authority of the Lord. A man who because of his intellectual power, his intellectual understanding of things. Had a hard time submitting to the authority of Jesus. Come on with somebody. But there came a time. The Lord said, okay, I'll let you have your, I'll give you permissible authority. I'll give you relative authority. I will permit you not to submit to my authority for a time, Paul. But if you keep rejecting and resisting my authority, he says, at some point, I'm going to step in. And so for a time, the Lord allowed Paul to walk in his own authority. Oh, hallelujah. For a time, he let Paul walk in a permissible authority where Paul was rejecting the authority of the Lord. But then the Lord said, that's it. I'm Woo! knocking you down. I'm going to blind you and I'm going to knock you down. There is a time when God allows you to walk in a permissible authority and a, come on, a relative authority where you're not following his authority. But if you keep going that way, God said, all right, I'll get your attention. I'll knock you down and I'll blind you. So you'll understand how important it is to walk under my authority. So he was knocked down by this. He was blinded by this. See, some of y'all look at me, man, you're sure a dictator. No, I'm not a dictator. (laughs) Say amen. You're authoritarian, you know? No, that's not true. But I pray to God that I have been knocked down by God. I pray that I have been blinded by God in the times that I wanted to do my own thing and walk in my own will and my own authority. God said, okay, son, I'll let you do that for a little while. But I'm going to get your attention. I'm going to knock you to the ground. You're going to have to understand the importance of walking under authority. You need to understand that from the fall in the garden, Satan, when he came to Adam and Eve, His purpose totally was always to usurp the authority of God. What he does today, his primary activity is to usurp the authority of God in your life. And so Adam cut the cord of deity and harmony with deity when he disobeyed God and said, I'll not submit to the authority of God. And as a result of that, we've got chaos and we've got confusion in this world. And sin came into the world because a man said, no to God and yes to Satan. So that's what we have today. We've got people, we've got chaos in the world, chaos in the church, chaos in Corinth. Because Corinth doesn't understand authority. They're walking in their own blind. Earthly knowledge. Ooh, I feel the power of God. Jesus. They felt that they could, because of their own intellect, they could challenge authority. They could challenge the apostle. Call him a coward. Say he's not a true apostle. Say he can't speak. I'm not going to do what you say. But listen to this. Not the whole church, but just a minority. They don't understand. They have come under the power of Satan. Because that's how Satan operates. Say amen. amen. So like, unlike most of the apostles, the apostle Paul was knocked down by authority. Knocked down with an understanding of how important it is to be a man walking in authority. So because of that he understands delegated authority because first he understands the authority of his lord <laughs> so he's not standing there in his own authority or ego or pride he is standing there under the authority of God almighty as a father to these church of sons say amen say praise the lord if you believe that <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why he was willing to go through the anxiety and the pain and the suffering and the pressure and the restlessness and all of that because of the authority of the Lord. Paul could just said, okay, just let it go the way it wants to go. And just walk away from it. But he couldn't because he was captured by God's lordship. By the lordship of Jesus Christ. He walked in fear and reverence and awe and sincerity. He understood that more was at stake than just a a relationship on a human level. He understood that what was at stake is the authority of God. And they have lost that in this church. But he's coming to them as a father. A loving, caring, concerned father. How many of you love your kids? How many of you got to correct them sometimes? You know, you got to spank them, put them in a corner, send them in a chair. Got to do that. No crying, oh, you don't love me, you hate me, you know. No, 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 no. I love you. That's why I did this. And that's Paul. That's where Paul is. He cares so much about them. He loves them so much. He, doesn't, he wants to spare them even from him coming and dealing with them with a rod. You understand? But he understood the importance of, of the whole situation, the picture, the authority. He, so he comes as a father. Give God some praise. Not a protocol to build a relationship. He already had a relationship. (laughs) He's not coming to them as a stranger. He's coming to them as a father. Come on. Please don't misinterpret me today. This man was not some stranger. Some passing evangelist that was coming through. This man was not... A boy teacher in the church. This man was the father of this group of people. Say amen. amen. Give the Lord some praise. You know, and most, most now listen, I, I have to have a relationship with my church. I can't pastor you and not have a relationship with my church. You understand? But that's part of it. But I'm not, I don't come to you today standing here with, in a, on a public relations campaign. I, I'm not coming here today to take your political vote. And I'm not trying to stand here being egotistical or braggadocious or, or arrogant or anything like that. I'm just telling you that's the way it is. It has to be that way. Hallelujah. I'm, <laughs> I've been captured by him. Have you been captured by him? In some sense, all of you are apostles. Not in the strict, strict sense. Of, you're not hearing me. You are sent. This man, in the strict sense of the term, is a man who's sent by God with full authority. You are sent by God maybe not with full authority the same level that Paul was but you're still an apostle so you must be captured by God's lordship you must be captured by God's authority you must learn to walk in the fear and reverential awe in sincerity of truth because this is God not a public relations campaign this is God God And the only thing that I regret today is I don't have the full church out here here hearing this message. That's the only thing I regret, but we sacrifice them so their their children back there can be reached with the truth. Give God praise. Now, Paul starts out this letter, and he talks to them. First nine verses, he declares to them, he thanks God for what he can thank God for. All the mess that was there. He still thanks God for what was there. First nine verses. So what I want to tell you something about first is this. This church is in disorder. It's got cliques. It's challenging the Apostle Paul. They're leaning upon their own earthly wisdom. They're walking in, in sinful liberty. But this church, listen to me. This church was an apostolic church. Did you hear what I said? Don't miss it. This church was an apostolic church. Founded by an apostolic man. Yes. This church was not. You know. A denominal church down the street. This church. Was an apostolic church. Founded by an apostolic man. Hallelujah. Woo, Hallelujah. Surrounded. By paganism that said, bow to me. Surrounded by culture that said, bow to my authority. Surrounded by Greek philosophy that says, follow me. Surrounded by sexual sensuality that says, bow to me. I want to rule your life. This church is surrounded by all that. All these things are vying for their loyalty. All these things are saying, Be loyal to me. All these things are saying, Bow to me. They're surrounded by that. But the Lord says, I'm going to establish my church. And I will be God over that church. They will walk in me and with me. They will experience my divine nature. Walking in my grace and my power and my wisdom. This church, as much as it had wrong with it, was an apostolic church. Is this an apostolic church? I'm going to ask you again. Is this an apostolic church? See, some of you don't understand me. I say, boy, you sure are good Baptist this morning. You sure are are acting like a good denominal person. You know why I'm like this? Because you're not just like the average church down the street. You should be an apostolic Pentecostal church with power and authority. You shouldn't come in here the same way they went to church. This church is an apostolic church founded by an apostolic man The scripture tells us something about them. They are the church of God. They're not a professing harlot. They're not a part of the temple of Aphrodite. They're not a part of professing harlot church system. They are the church of God. Let it sink inside of you. You are part of the church of the living God. You're an apostolic church founded upon apostolic power don't miss it we've got our problems we've got our troubles but you're still an apostolic holy ghost still church baptized in jesus name you are the church of god which is at odessa texas this was the church of god at corinth you need to sit in this and understand that you are the church of the living god you are a church of the living god in odessa texas you are not the only apostolic church in odessa texas there are other apostolic churches in odessa texas but you are a apostolic church A church of power. A church of apostolic truth and authority. The church of God which is according to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus. This is the church of God he's writing to. They are sanctified in Christ Jesus. How did they get in Christ Jesus? The Bible says in Acts 18 they were baptized. So these people were apostolic people. These are your brothers and sisters I'm preaching to you about. Do you hear it? These are your brothers and sisters that I'm preaching to you about. An apostolic church founded on apostolic authority by an apostolic man who was baptized in Jesus' name. That's how they got in Christ. They were baptized in Jesus' name. Do you have anybody here that's baptized in Jesus' name? then I'm preaching to you brothers and sisters about your brothers and sisters in Corinth hallelujah they weren't baptized in the titles father son and holy ghost they were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins filled with the holy ghost are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Sanctified in Christ Jesus. They're in Him. They're born again. They're called by His name. They call upon His name. They're full of the Holy Ghost. An apostolic church. Give God praise. They are a sanctified church. Which means they belong to God. God. if you're sanctified that means you belong to god if you're sanctified this morning you belong to god and because you belong to god if you're sanctified you're not like other men You are not like other men or women. You are set apart unto God. You belong to God. You're different. You need to get this. You're different. You need to say, I'm sanctified. I'm different. I'm not like other people. I'm not like other men. I belong to God. I am set apart for His service. I belong to God. You belong to God. You look different. You talk different. You act different. Come on somebody. Your whole life is about Jesus. I belong to God. It doesn't mean that I have withdrawn myself from the world. That's not what sanctification is. Sanctification is not withdrawing yourself from the world. It's I belong to God so I serve the Lord I'm not withdrawing myself from the world I go out into the world and show them my quality of life look at my life in God I belong to God come on somebody look at the quality of life that I have because I belong to God I'm not like you but you can be like me you can be saved. You can be regenerated. You can be baptized in Jesus' name. You can be filled with the Holy Ghost. And you can belong to God. But right now, I'm not like you. I don't look like you. I don't talk like you. I don't act like you. Because I belong to Him. I haven't withdrawn from the world. I'm just showing the world my life. Give God some praise. By the church, God, which according to them that are sanctified in Christ, he is called saints. Oh, wow. To be is italicized. To be. No, you are called saints. Hagios, you are set. Come on, you are God's. You have been set apart. You are a saint sanctified by God. Give God praise. A saint is somebody who's sanctified, somebody who lives holy, somebody who belongs to God. Amen. That person has been purchased by sacrifice. Because the word sanctified and saint is linked to sacrifice. We've been purchased by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So this is a holy church. A sanctified church. A church the saints of God are in. Called by the name. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Full of apostolic power and authority. Say Amen. He said, you're not the only ones that that are in Christ, though, sanctifying Christ. He said, there's some others. He said, with all that every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. He said, you're not the only ones that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, there's some other churches out there that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me just let you in on something. I'll I'll try to prove it to you Wednesday night. But there's close to 20 million apostolic Jesus name. One God believers in this world. And there was a time that you were called a cult. But I got news for you. Let me tell you that this so-called cult is taking the world by storm. 20 million baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, sanctified in God. You're not just some little church in a little corner in a little place called Odessa, Texas. You're a part of 20 million people at least, at least 20 million people. He said, there's other people in other places that call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word place is connected with worship. He said, they meet in places of worship, whether it be in their houses or otherwise. And in those places where they call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are filled with the Holy Ghost. Baptized in Jesus' name. Apostolic church. Come on, give God praise. They are sanctified. They are saints of God. Hallelujah, Jesus. See, when you read this, maybe you don't get that, but you read it over and over and over, and something starts getting a hold of you. This is an apostolic church. (laughs) Baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, walking in apostolic power, holy unto God. Got their problems, they've got to get their soul where their spirit is. They've got to get their mind where their spirit is. They've got to get their body where their spirit is. They've got to get their life where their spirit is. He says, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So this is a one God church. This is a church that believes that Jesus is God. This is a church that believes that Jesus is the Lord. This is a one God church he's writing to. Give God some praise. This is a church that believe that the Father is God. Jesus is the Father. They believe that Jesus is the Son. That He is God come in the flesh. Say amen. This is what they had going for. A one God, Jesus named church. He says this. He says, grace be unto you and peace. Grace and peace is what they needed. They needed the favor of God. They needed His enabling power to change them. They needed the peace of God in the midst of their chaos and confusion. He said, Paul said, grace and peace be unto you, church. Give God some praise. Come on, I came to have church this morning. Grace unto you, peace from God our Father. God our Father He is your Father Say Amen Jesus to them was Lord Jesus to them is God Jesus to them is Father Jesus to them is Son God our Father Give the Lord some praise Well what does it mean then If God is my Father That means then that he is my authority. If he's my father, he's my authority. If he's my father, he's my power. If he's my father, come on somebody. He is my provider. If he's my father, he's my protector. If he's my father, he's my cover. If He's my Father, that means I've got His divine nature. I've got the divinity of Jesus in me. I have the nature and the characteristics of God because God is my Father. I've got a divine nature in me. The divinity of Jesus is in me. And if he's my father, then I have the promise because the promise is given to sons. Come on, are you here today? He's my authority, he's my Lord, he's my cover. He's my, are you with me today? I have his divine nature, I have his attributes, I've got his spirit. When I got God, I got His power. When I got God, I got His grace. When I got God, come on somebody. When I got God, I got His wisdom. No wonder. See, Paul is saying, let me tell you something about, this is about the divinity of Jesus Christ. And this is who He is in you. Because if you have Him, you've got grace. If you've got Him, you've got peace. If you've got Him, you've got power. If you've got Him, you've got wisdom. Come on somebody. If you've got Him, you've got your authority. If you've got Him, you've got your Lord. If you've got Him, then you are sons to Him. He is your Father. Give God some praise. If you've got Him, then you've got the promise. Because the promise is given to sons. Those who have the care. I'm looking at people today that got the stuff of God in them. You've got the stuff of God in you. You've got the characteristics of God in you. You've got divinity of God in you. You've got His power. His Because He is Father. Say amen. So that when you came in the kingdom of God as concerning the promise, you needed to come in as sons to the Father. Because the Father doesn't give the promise to girls. He gives the promise to sons. That's why we call Him Abba, Father. My protector, my provider, my authority, my Lord, my cover, my Father. I've got the stuff of God in me. You've got the stuff of God in you. You've got the characteristics of Daddy in you. And the purpose of a son is to what? To manifest Daddy. So that when I walk, see, Paul's trying to get them to understand the divinity of Jesus, who they are in Christ, and who Christ is in them. And when they get Him as Father, what they got. Don't you know who you are, Corinthians? In your spirit, He's Father. You've got to get there in your understanding. Say Amen. Are you here? That's why he's listing all these things about Jesus Christ. Grace and go through this. The the God of wisdom. The wisdom of God. The power of God. Come on, you with me? All these various things. He's listing. Those are the attributes of God. So that when you get God, you get divinity. God is living in you, but you're not God. But you have his divine nature and you are partakers of his divine nature. Which means you have the stuff of God in you. You are to walk in the divinity of Jesus. Do you understand? Hallelujah. You Corinthians? Paul said, I'm going to get there and I'm going to deal with all these problems. But let me tell you who you are first. You need to be transferred. You need to be converted. You need to learn how to access. Access. The divinity of Jesus because you're your Father. Come on, amen. Hallelujah. Amen, hallelujah, praise God. Somebody say Amen. amen. That's right. you know. When I was looking at this, I started thinking about this authority covering Father. I was reminded of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 where The Bible says Christ is the head. And 1 Corinthians chapter 11 deals with a covering. And it talks about the hair of the woman is given for a covering. But that hair on the head of the woman that's given for a covering is a picture and a type of true covering. The man not cutting his hair is a picture of him being under the headship of Christ. And the woman not covered, cutting her hair shows that she is rightly submitted to her authority. She's under the man's headship. Father speaks of headship, father speaks of authority. Come on, somebody. Father speaks of walking under a covering. If he's my daddy, I'm covered. You're not getting this, you're not hearing this this morning. Lord said, he spoke to me, he said, Who is the covering? Christ is the head. He's my father. So if if I'm under a headship, if I'm under a covering, and I'm right related to that covering, first to God, first to Jesus, come on, then I'm under a covering, which means I'm hid. I'm hid. If you ever walk out from underneath the covering of daddy, if you ever walk out from underneath the covering of Father, then you're no longer hid. Because the covering hides you. As Father, He hides you. So first and foremost, Christ is our head. With me? Secondarily, because Paul says, I am a father, your sons. Secondarily, Paul is a father to them. So when they started walking out from underneath his apostleship and started withdrawing out from underneath his Father ship over them if that's such a word then what happens is they are no longer hid and when you walk out from underneath a covering you're no longer hid and when, what happens then is the world starts coming back in Amen. your life Amen. Oh. Amen. but as long as you covered as long as you've got a father you've got a father then you're hid and that protects you from the wild getting to you. He said, He said, come on, are you with me here. You need I need to stress this to you today, the divinity of Jesus, all of these attributes that we walk in. But primarily today, Father. He's my covering. He's my authority. No wonder Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 talks about there's going to come a time when all rule and authority is put under his feet. So that the purpose of sons are to bring everything under subjection to the authority of father. God shows you in 1 Corinthians 15, he shows you a people, a world that is allowed to walk in their permitted authority and relative authority and permissive will but there's coming a time God says it won't be like that forever. He said I'm going to take all that permitted will and that relative will that people walk in in rejection to my authority. He said I'm going to put it under my feet. He said come on somebody. He said there's coming a time that all authority and all rule is going to come under my authority. Because as Father, he is my authority. So you go through Corinthians and you see this chapter is preaching to you. The book of Corinthians is telling you he's your cover. He's your authority. He is your Lord, Corinthians. Come on. He is your wisdom. Stop leaning upon your own understanding. He is your power. If he's your power, then where is that power located? Brother, i will just... If I've got the power of God in me, the divinity of Jesus is his power. The divinity of Jesus is his covering. The divinity of Jesus is his authority. Come on. The divinity of Jesus is attributes. Come on. If I've got his power then, yeah, I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got deity living inside me. I'm not God. And that deity is producing these attributes. Jesus is his name. Then where is this power located if that's a part of Father? That power is located in you. Where is it located, Pastor? When you got baptized in Jesus' name, you started walking in the authority of the name. When you got baptized in Jesus' name and you got filled with the Holy Ghost, inside of your spirit resides the power of God Almighty how do you access this power brother are you a physicist do you know a little bit about physics let me tell you something man when you talk about power god's power is absolute you cannot destroy his power and i got news for you there is no such thing as new power No such thing as new power. No such thing as new energy. And this power I'm talking about, the power of God, cannot be destroyed. I just need to learn how to walk in this divinity. I need to learn how to access that power. And that power is located in my spirit. I've got to learn how to access that power. T-U, Texas Electric learn how to access a certain type of energy harness it convert it transfer it I've got to learn how to what access the power I've got to learn how to walk in transformation I've got to learn into walk learn how to walk into conversion give God praise the power Power is in you. The divinity is inside of you. You have the divine nature because you are sons. You need to learn how to walk in that access that power. No new power. Come on, give God praise. I've got it right here. You've got it inside of you. So I'm going to access that power. How do I do that? How do I access this power that's in me? prayer Prayer. because prayer is your communication to god listen to me just a minute god can talk to you in dreams he can talk to you in visions he talks you from his word he talks you from the preached word he talks to you in many ways. But there's only one way that you can talk to God. There's only one way that you can communicate with Him. He can communicate with you many ways. But only one way can you communicate with Him. And that's prayer. And that's worship. So if I'm going to access this divinity, this power inside of me, then I've got to learn how to pray. And I've got to learn how to worship. And when I do that, then I move in that power. Access the power. I don't lack power. I've got all the power I need. I just need to learn how to move in and access it by prayer and by worship and by submission to God's authority. Not just obedience to that authority, but submitted to it. See, we can obey God and say, and not want to. You can obey authority and be rebellious against it. You can obey authority and yet challenge authority. Because there's a difference between obedience to authority and submission to authority. Give God praise. Because submission to authority is not just, well, I just I'll obey. I don't want to, but I just have to. That's obedience, but that's not submission. Come on. Come on. All right, all right, no problem. I'll submit. I submit yeah are you with me? and that's the way you access power prayer worship and submission to god's authority that's why paul approaches it like he does he was captured by it give the lord praise come on corinthians you need to transfer you need to access the power but there's some things you need to transfer You need to transfer confusion and you need to transfer it to peace. You need to transfer revenge, revenge, you need to transfer revenge into forgiveness. You need to transfer your human intellect concerning spiritual and moral things from worldly intellect to spiritual truth. Transfer. You need to transfer from disobedience to obedience. There must be a transformation. You need to move. You've got to get your soul where your spirit is. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. You must convert Corinthians not just be convinced but be converted there are a lot of people who are convinced that it's truth there's a lot of people that are convinced it's right there are a lot of people that are convinced about the church there's a lot of people convinced about Jesus but they're not converted we don't need just to be convinced we need to be converted You've got to convert power for it to be usable. You've got to transfer for it to be usable. You've got to access the power that is inside of you. And that's what Paul is telling this church. Give God praise. praise <coughs> God. <coughs> Woo, hallelujah. 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 Praise the divinity of Jesus Christ. Lives inside of you. Everything. All the stuff of God is in you. All the characteristics of God is in you. You have the divine nature in you. Your sons. Give God praise. Woo, hallelujah. So he goes on. He says grace unto your peace from God our father. And from the Lord Jesus Christ. His name is mentioned nine times in ten verses. He said, I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. He said, you got everything you need. When you got God, you got everything you need. When you got God, you got everything you need. When you got God, you got grace. When you got God, you got power. When you got God, you got... Wisdom. When you got God, you got protection. When you got God, you got provision. When you got God, come on. You got His characteristics. You look like Daddy. You should talk like Daddy. You should act like Daddy. You got His power. You got His authority. Your sons, the promise belongs to you. Do you understand? The promise belongs to you. Don't belong to girls. The promise belong now, oh, some of you are worry now. <laughs> We're talking about spiritual things here. A woman has XX cells, sex cells, XX. A man has YX sex cells. The sex is determined by the man. You hear me? The sex is determined by the man. So, that if that man gives an X cell with an X cell with a woman, you've got a girl. If that man gives a Y a sex cell and it's connected with an X cell, you've got a boy. It's determined by the Father. So, let me just tell all of you who are all worried about this, you know, because you're, you're in the physical maybe and you're thinking about physical gender. Every one of you here are XY, which means you are sons. And only sons can receive the promise. And sons have the divine nature. The divinity of Jesus. You are the offspring of God Almighty. You got the Godhead inside of you. You got divinity inside of you. If you ever walk in this it'll change your life because then you can understand the divinity of Jesus Christ and you can transfer and convert and access all of these things that are in God and if you've got God you've got all these things the problem is they weren't walking in it right. Amen. Woo, hallelujah. give the Lord some praise <clears throat> so no wonder Paul says you have not many fathers You got instructors, but you don't have fathers. You need to understand God is, he starts right after, he says, God is father. If you ever understand that, what comes with that, and from that, it will change your life. Amen. It's a wonderful thing. In closing, he says this. Watch this. That in everything, you are enriched. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Come on. You're enriched. Everything you need. If you could just learn how to access it. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. How to access and how to transfer. How to convert. Come on. That's why certain sons, certain people walk in more power and more grace and more provision and protection and enrichment. All those things. The reason why they do is because they have learned to walk with the Father. They have learned... The divinity of Jesus. Paul is saying, hey, church, all this is yours. And it's all in him. All the preachers, he says, later on he says, all the preachers belong to you. Did you hear that? "Paul," "Paul," Paul said, I belong to you. Apollos belongs to you. They all belong to you. Look how wealthy you are, church. Why are you acting like a bunch of idiots? Carnal. Babies. Crybabies. Carnal. Immoral. It's because they didn't know the divinity of Jesus. They didn't understand what God was and is to them. They didn't understand how to access. Come on. So I'm going to ask you today. It's in you. You're an apostolic church. You're called by the name of Jesus. To you, Jesus is God. To you, Jesus is the Father. To you, Jesus is the Holy Ghost. To you, Jesus is the Son. You've got the divine nature of Jesus in you. All his attributes. You've got a ministry that's been given to you. A gift. It's a gift. All belongs to you. Oh, how he loves you. He's given you everything you need. And why do we act like we do sometimes? Say amen. amen. He goes on and watch what he says. Yeah, you can could, you could go up and stare off in space if you want to. <laughs> Some of y'all, y'all have, you, you would win an Oscar. If they had a part for you that was designated to stare off in space. And that's all you had to do, you'd win. you have this amazing ability to go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. but that in everything, you're enriched by him in all utterance and in all knowledge. He said, look at what you've heard. Look at what you've been taught. Look at who's preached to you. Apollos has preached to you. Apollos, take you to the heavens. He came in with apostolic power and authority. Paul. Paul, can you imagine how Paul as your pastor Paul or Apollos and they're fighting over who's the best? You dummy. They're all yours. Come on. I'm so glad that God will not leave you in rejection. You can't reject His authority and be happy. You can't reject His covering and be happy. You will be miserable. You know why you'll be miserable? Because God says, I won't leave you in sin. You cannot walk in sin and be without pain. You can't have peace and grace in your life and harmony if you're walking out from underneath the covering. You will have chaos and confusion. I'm glad that he doesn't leave me. Come on. Defiling the body. Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you. Confirmed in you. Come on. So that you come behind in no gift. He said this church... As the gifts of the Spirit operating in it. You hear this? Got the gifts of the Spirit, tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, miracles, knowledge, wisdom, etc. We'll talk about them. These gifts, he said, you come behind in no gift. Every one of them operate in your church. All the grace gifts. The manifestation of god they all operate in your church you come behind in no gift no gift is absent from your church some of you are but there are no gift absent so this church is a church that got the gifts of the spirit in it this church came behind in no gift and they says, he says they're waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus. They believed in the parousia. They believed in the second coming of Jesus Christ. And they understood these gifts would not stop until he came back a second time. Don't let anybody tell you that the gifts of the Spirit were for the early church. That you come behind in no gift. Waiting for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gifts of the Spirit are still going to be in the church all the way to his second coming. Stop listening to those liars. He said they're waiting for the coming of the Lord and they're coming behind no gift. Who shall also confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. The day of the Lord. They understood the timing of the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is post-tribulational. It's when God burns up the, the heavens and the earth with fire. And he said, you're going you, to make it all the way to the end, Corinthians. You're gonna, at that time, you're going to be caught up. And you'll be, you'll be in glorified bodies be before the Lord, blameless. It's going to happen at his parousia. It's going to happen at his second coming. At the day of the Lord. The day of the Lord is his second coming. And it's post-tribulational. This Lord shall confirm you unto the end that you may be blameless in the day of the Lord. Or the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Look at everything they had. Look at everything they believed. This is an apostolic church with problems. With problems. God. Yeah, verse 10. Look, look at verse 9. God is faithful. Shout with me. God is faithful. God is faithful. Woo. faithful. faithful. I just got to get myself where I need to be. I need to convert, I need to transfer. I need to access the divinity of Jesus. God is faithful. By whom ye were called, you're called. Not just Paul. Not just your pastor. You're called. Called unto the fellowship of his son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Beautiful. Ooh, Yeah. Jesus Christ our Lord. I wonder Paul in the first verse, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ, the literal Christ Jesus, through the will of God and Sosthenes, our brother. Christ Jesus, Christ Jesus, Jesus Christ our Lord, Jesus Savior, Christ Messiah, God manifest in the flesh, our Lord Jehovah. Are, are you with me? Jesus Jehovah of the Old Testament. Jesus, Savior. You hear? Christ, Messiah, is God manifest in bodily form. Our Lord, Jehovah. Savior, Messiah, God manifest in the flesh, is our Jehovah. Our Lord. Now, I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't this awesome? That you all speak the same thing. That there be no divisions among you. But that you be perfect joined together in the same mind, the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, brethren, by them which are the house of Chloe, That there are contentions among you. (coughs) He starts out and he tells them. He shows them the divinity of Jesus Christ. And everything that's in that. The authority. The covering. Come on, you with me? The power, the wisdom of God. If he's my father, I have everything I need. You understand? You understand? You got the stuff of God in you? So Paul is saying, who you are and what you are Are not the same right now. Come on. You got problems. You got contentions. You got division. Your babies. Come on. The divinity of Jesus Christ. Access it. Transfer it. Convert. Are you here today? Give God praise. There's nothing like the word of the Lord. Let's stand. So I'm telling you today. See, a lot of you have no idea who you are. You have no idea where you can walk. And I want to tell you something. If the church of Corinth is messed up as they were, if Paul could say, this is what you have in him, who you are, if you'll move in it. And I come to you as a father and apostle to declare these things to you. The covering of the Lord. The authority of the Lord. Come on. Are y'all with me today? Hey, it's better than that. I spend all day long reading and reading this, reading this, and reading this, and reading this. And I said, God, I said, I don't want to just preach 1 Corinthians. I want you to tell me what you want me to preach. I want you. What do I need to emphasize? I don't want to just get up here and just exegete. I want you to show me what it's all about. Show me why Paul said what he said. Show me why Paul talks about a covering. Show me why he talks about authority in 1 Corinthians 15. Show me why he talks about the grace of God. Show me why he talks about the wisdom of God. Show me why. Because it's all his divinity that's accessible by the church. Lord Jesus, today in your awesome name, I ask you right now, Father God, I intercede for sons, men and women in this church that you are going to raise up who will walk under your authority under your covering, your protection, your provision, receiving the promise as sons, accessing the power, transferring revenge to forgiveness, transferring anger into grace.